Chapter Three of There's Laughter in the Air, Radio's Top Comedians and Their Best Shows. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Casper. There's Laughter in the Air, Radio's Top Comedians and Their Best Shows by Jack Gaver and Dave Stanley. Chapter 3. Jack Benny, the Fiddler from Waukegan. Jack Benny is the stingiest man in the world, according to his radio program. He has been described by his scriptwriters as the kind of onion who will give a kid an all-day sucker so the kid won't eat any meals. This, of course, is a gross exaggeration. Everybody knows Benny never gave so much as a jelly bean to anyone. The following tidbit from one of his broadcasts gives an idea of the miserly character tailored for him. Jack, hurry up and shave me. I've got a date. Rochester, okay, wait till I get the cap off this new tube of shaving cream. Benny, new tube? What happened to the old tube? There ought to be one more shave in it. Rochester. But, boss, you've been saying that since last March. Benny. What? Rochester. I didn't mind when you made me run the tube through the ringer. Benny. Now, look. Rochester. And I didn't mind when you asked Mr. Wilson to sit on it. But when you made me take that tube down to Union Station and lay it on the railroad track, that was going too far. And this is only one of the things wrong with Benny, on his radio program. He supposedly is so bald that a cue ball feels her suit compared to him. He's a blowhard who would put a hurricane to shame. And he isn't quite as bright as the law allows. All these and other attributes have been blended into a character that has been a national radio institution since 1932. It is the type of character that is a little bit of everybody, even yourself. Benny has constituted himself the whipping boy of the airwaves. You can take out on him the laughs at yourself and your friends that you have been saving up. He gets paid to take it. Basically, our show is built on a foundation of real people, Benny says. Not burlesque characters, but ordinary, everyday people. We try to have things happen to us that would happen to anyone. Things that will be interesting, and, above all, funny. I'd be willing to bet that there are very few who don't know people like Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, and Rochester. Therefore, we feel that we represent, to a certain extent, the audience. They see in us themselves, and they get a laugh out of the jokes that fit them. If someone pulls a gag on me about my having false teeth, Ninety-eight percent of the audience who have false teeth will laugh. The other two percent would, too, but their gums are still sore. But there is a secret to this sort of thing. Don't overdo it. Don't hurt anyone. If it hurts, it isn't funny, says Benny, who adds that he reserves the right to revoke this rule in the case of Fred Allen. Benny is one comedian who feels he doesn't have to apologize for radio humor. 
radio has done much to make gags grow up and clean up in his opinion in the last twenty years accelerated by radio american humor has come out of the barnyard benny explains cleaned up and perfumed sparked by those unsung heroes the gag writers you can get enough laughs to make your mother-in-law seem welcome by just turning on the radio i will go out on a limb and say that radio has done for american humor what it would have taken vaudeville fifty years to do even if it hadn't stayed down for the count when fred allen knocked it flat benny started his thirteenth year in radio in the fall of nineteen forty four he has used one formula a combination comedy variety continuity show since the beginning and he set the pattern for his own radio character with the very first words he uttered into the mic making a guest appearance march twenty ninth nineteen thirty two on ed sullivan's cbs program in new york he introduced himself to the unseen audience in these words hello folks this is jack benny there will now be a slight pause for everybody to say who cares he found out quickly that a lot of people did including those mighty mortals of the advertising agencies who create radio shows benny shortly found himself auditioning for a program for the canada dry ginger ale people he got the job waukegan papers please copy thanks to benny everyone knows about waukegan illinois it's his hometown although his mother went to chicago for his birth on february fourteenth eighteen ninety four a st valentine's day baby he was born benny kubelski the son of mayor and emma jack's father gave him a violin at an early age benny claims he also gave him a monkey wrench as insurance because plumbing isn't a bad business and the youngster was playing in the orchestra of waukegan's barrison theater while he was still in knickerbockers he also played in the high school orchestra by the time he was seventeen he had teamed up with cora salisbury also from the barrison pit as a vaudeville duo when she had to abandon traveling to stay home with her sick father jack teamed up with a chicago pianist named lyman woods and extended his field of operations there were six years of this and then jack enlisted in the navy shortly after the united states entered the first world war he was sent to the great lakes naval training station and shortly found himself in the great lakes naval review which was put on to raise money for navy relief purposes benny was an entertainer for the duration and it wasn't long before he discovered that the talking he was instructed to do was more effective at getting audience response than was his violin playing by the time the navy was through with him he was a confirmed monologuist and the violin had become just a prop to gag up his routine when benny returned to vaudeville he called himself ben k benny for a time but there was another young man with a fiddle who was already well known in vaudeville ben burney and to avoid confusion benny changed to jack benny as jack benny he did better than all right during the twenties his smooth chatter knit together many a vaudeville bill and it wasn't long before he was in the big time he played nightclubs and worked in schubert broadway musical shows 
while playing with a touring show in los angeles he met sadie marks a department store employee and they were married on january twelfth nineteen twenty seven in waukegan while jack's show was playing an engagement in chicago the bennies adopted a twenty-one months old baby on april fourth nineteen thirty six from a new rochelle new york orphanage and named her joan naomi benny is one of the radio stars who got into the movies before he had an air reputation in nineteen twenty eight he did a record eight-week vaudeville engagement at the orpheum theatre in los angeles and was caught during the run by a metro-goldwyn-mayer official who liked his act and thought he'd be a natural for musical films which were just cutting their teeth the result was his appearance as one of the leading players in the hollywood review of nineteen twenty nine he did two other feature films and in nineteen thirty two returned to broadway as a leading member of the cast of earl carroll's vanities it was during the run of this musical review that benny appeared on the radio program of columnist ed sullivan nine years later in his column in the new york daily news sullivan had this to say about benny's radio start much has been written about jack benny's radio success and it's been suggested that he just stumbled into it don't believe it at that time benny was making himself a very handsome salary as the top comic in earl carroll's vanities and he could get all the vaudeville work he wanted i'm stressing this because as long ago as march nineteen thirty two jack confided that he was going to take a six-month vacation from the stage to concentrate on radio i'm going to study this thing backward and forward he promised the big future in our business is the radio and i want to get in on the ground floor that shrewd analysis and his resolution to abandon the stage if necessary so that he could serve a radio apprenticeship argues that benny did not ask much of lady luck subsequently there arose a svengali trilby row that was to rock radio row first of the benny scriptwriters was expert comedy writer harry Kahn and when they split up Kahn argued that it was he who had struck the comedy note which jack later used to such good advantage no doubt at all that Kahn was a fine writer but at that time i unearthed the first script which benny had done on the air with me to prove conclusively that even in that first radio appearance benny had used the same self-kidding type of humor that thereafter was to distinguish his comedy this brings up another point that used to be argued frequently in the years before people had more important things to worry about it was said by some that benny was not a creator of humor that without his writers he would be lost now it is a fact that benny is not the greatest ad-libber in show business by a fair margin but it also is a fact that as a vaudevillian he used to write much of his own material he knows comedy he is regarded as a master at working the lines in his scripts into just the right form and getting the players to utter them with inflections that will be the most effective this ability is something that you don't buy in a five-and-dime store a benny script is the product of a full week's work he no sooner signs off at seven thirty on sunday nights than he says to his cast and writers now let's get to work on next week's show and they do by deciding what its theme is going to be 
benny and his writers start the words rolling about nine o'clock monday morning the thinking and writing go on the rest of the week with the writers trailing around with benny as he attends to his many duties benefit shows movie work and so forth by saturday the first draft has been completed and that night the first reading is held in the benny home the players leave after the reading and then benny and his writers really buckle down sometimes for an all-night session of rewriting and polishing sunday forenoon the cast is in nbc's hollywood studios rehearsing and they keep at it until showtime the people on the benny program stay with him for years on end mary livingston of course is the sadie marks he married she was never a professional but today she is one of the best-known performers in the radio end of show business it came about more or less by accident early in benny's air career she went on one night to do a bit that of a young woman from plainfield new jersey who kept interrupting to read crazy poems and make alleged wisecracks the character was written in only for that particular broadcast but the public response was such that it and miss livingston became a permanent part of the show benny has had several band leaders but he has had phil harris his current conductor the longest on a benny show as on many others now the conductor is part of the family and harris gets a lot of juicy material don wilson the portly announcer is a fixture and for several years the program benefited from the presence of a young singer named dennis day who had the part of a dumb foil for benny day went into the service and benny began the nineteen forty four season with larry stevens then there is rochester benny's negro handyman for radio program purposes rochester is eddie anderson a vaudeville and movie performer picked up by benny in 1937 to enact a pullman porter after the troop crossed the country to the west coast the script was built around the train trip eddie or rochester was an immediate success and he stayed with the show to become one of the best-known negro performers in show business history radio has had benny selling a variety of products his first contract was with canada dry then he hooked on with Chevrolet and General Tires in successive seasons. In 1935, General Foods got him for Jell-O, and he stayed so long that people have been known to ask storekeepers for a box of Raspberry Benny instead of Jell-O. This happy association ended, however, at the close of the 1943-44 season. During that tenure, Benny had risen to a salary of $17,500 a week for his show. He paid everyone out of that, making him the highest-priced performer, just as he was usually first in the popularity polls season after season. For the 1944-45 season, Benny and his troupe moved into the Lucky Strike Cigarette Camp for a reported $25,000 weekly. The popularity that Benny attained in radio also made him again attractive to Hollywood, and he has made a score of pictures since 1933 for all of the big studios, including such fare as George Washington Slept Here, Buck Benny Rides Again, and Charlie's Aunt. Like most performers, Benny has done a lot of wartime entertaining. He has taken his troupe around to various camps and hospitals in this country and made two trips abroad.
in the summer of nineteen forty three he and four others constituted a unit that played for the troops in africa the persian gulf area sicily and italy in the summer of nineteen forty four he went in the other direction playing for the g i s in new guinea australia the marianas the marshals the gilberts the solomons and hawaii only one untoward event has blemished the benny career since he hit the big time and that didn't hurt him any with the fans in january nineteen thirty nine he was indicted in new york on three counts of bringing two thousand one hundred and thirty one dollars worth of jewelry into the united states illegally at first he pleaded not guilty then pleaded guilty april fifth nineteen thirty nine and received from the court a fine of ten thousand dollars a suspended sentence of a year and a day and a dressing-down that had him agreeing with the judge that he felt very ashamed to be in such a position benny fans remember fondly many of the sequences in the years of his broadcasting there was the period in which he and fred allen insulted each other on an entirely friendly basis for broadcast after broadcast this wound up with benny appearing as a guest on allen's program and getting something the worse of it from the lightning ad-libber that is allen benny remarked that he was at a disadvantage because allen wouldn't let him bring his writers along then there was the series in which benny was buck benny of the old wild west the broadcast in which he was the worried owner of an old maxwell automobile and the bee sequence in which benny sought to recapture his days as a fiddler the benny violin incidentally was auctioned off in the winter of nineteen forty three for a million dollars in war bonds the secret of benny's radio success of course is that he has found a formula that fits him and delights the public you have to have both of these things just one of them isn't enough and the perpetrators of the benny scripts are never content to let one laugh bloom alone they always try to top a topper with a topper as witness mary you say you just got into town rochester what took you so long was the train late rochester what train i was out on highway ninety nine freelancing mary you mean you hitchhiked why rochester well instead of a train ticket mr benny gave me a road map mary oh rochester and a short talk on the generosity of the american motorist mary you mean that's all mr benny gave you rochester no he also gave me a white glove for night operations jack is the worrying type when he has three toppers as in the above example he still worries because the whole script isn't filled with sock stuff like that from beginning to end he knows of course that there has to be a breathing spell or two in any script but he can dream can't he end of chapter three jack benny